And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for joining us. I wish you could join me where I am right now, and that is on the on the uh, edge of a cliff in Inishmore, the Aran Islands off the west coast of Ireland, Galway in particular. And we're thankful that you have joined us. If only I was actually there. I uh, love Ireland, and my guest today is from Ireland, Sky Taylor. It is great to have you back on the program again to continue our wonderful conversation about a myriad of things, whether we're talking about the bees, whether we're talking about consciousness, whether we're talking about finding ways of, oh, calming down and being more quiet and peaceful and uh, t bringing that into the everyday uh, world. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know there it's, uh, as we are conversing on this conversation, it's, what, late afternoon, evening? Yeah, it's a court heading towards 5 o'clock. And it's always a pleasure to be with you, Richard. You're great fun to talk with. Well, thank you. And 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 we're also, here we are, we're 2021. We're in the almost the midsection of this year, which is great because many places around the world uh, are beginning the process of coming out of this pandemic. And of course, I know everybody is waiting for the World Health Organization or WHO <laughs> to, uh, who? I think they need to come up with another name because the acronym just, WHO? Yeah, that's what I said, WHO? Um, <clears throat> it's like one of those Abbott and Costello uh, uh, jokes. Right. Um, waiting for them to uh, uh, lift the pandemic, saying, okay, we are now, the pandemic is now over, or however they would phrase it. But we're still waiting. We're still, as of this conversation, by the time this program airs, it's probably going to be. But, hey, uh, check it out. I know that in the States and uh, uh, in, the, in the United States, as of our conversation, uh, mask restrictions and distancing for those who have been vaccinated are over. Uh, you do not have to wear a mask here in the United States if you've been vaccinated, nor do you have to stay six feet away from anyone anymore. So things are, uh, I, and I, I have to say that it, there is no such thing as getting back to normal. It's the new normal. Um, and I'm hoping that the next time an influenza, whether we have a vaccine or not, and I hope we do, uh, whether the influenza hits and what have you, I hope we'll go back and we have learned from this experience. Okay, while these two, three, four weeks are going, every so I'm going to carry a mask with me so that when I go into crowds, I can put it on and I won't. I, I will be have a, a, a better chance of not contracting the flu because I don't want it. I don't want to be laid up. To that. Uh, I don't know what the status is in Ireland, but I'm and and I'm I'm going to ask you what what uh, what can you tell me and as of our conversation, what is the status in Ireland? Um, Ireland has been, and what I understand to be the world's longest lockdown. Um, we've pretty much been in lockdown, um, except for a small period of time after over Christmas, which was a mistake, and a little bit of time earlier. We've been in, in quite serious lockdown since March last year. Mm -hmm. The vaccine program is going pretty well, steady. We're a small country. There's only 7 million people here, which is less than the five boroughs of New York. And proportionately, the health system is actually doing very well with it all. 
I live in a rural area, and so we're all kind of pretty laid back. We only usually see each other on the farm lane anyway, so it hasn't made much difference to many people, although what has made a difference is that families visiting each other at home has been restricted, and that is beginning to lift as of this week, and then at the beginning of June, they're doing a staggered lifting of restrictions. Now you can visit people. Some shops can open. In June, more shops can open. But we still haven't got to the point where um, crowd events, sports or artistic venues or pubs can open. And mm. the biggest grievance for the, a lot of people is that the pubs have been closed since St. Patrick's Day last year which is like close to 15 months now, 14 months. When the vaccine came out, what was the level of acceptance versus resistance to taking the vaccine? Well, I think it's pretty proportionate to um, the states from what I can understand. Certainly there have been um, protests march in Dublin and I think other cities against wearing masks, against the restrictions, against the vaccine, just as that has been in the States mm. and in the UK and many countries in Europe. And there's always going to be this, um, uh, there are very few places in the world that have a cohesive enough society and a kind enough infrastructure or social well network mm -hmm. To just all get together, say, yes, we will do this. And the shining example for that actually is Bhutan. And they've had a, a fantastic response to the uh, pandemic and a kind one, you know, where people actually climb mountains to go to see the people in the village up there rather than bring them into a bigger, um, denser populated area and so forth. Mm -hmm. But your issue about... Um, two things we were talking about is one is the vaccine itself and the, the the decision on a personal level whether or not to take it right and i've you know i'm not an anti-vaxxer i'm the vaccine situation has been complicated by the problems some children have had with vaccines and have caused an intense uh, backlash against vaccines, which I completely understand and in some ways totally agree with. But I'd like to just point out that from my understanding of that, it's not that each individual vaccine is dangerous. It's the bundling of the vaccines for the children mm. that is dangerous. You overwhelm their system by giving them, I think it's something crazy like, 40-something vaccines before they're two years old. Wow. Many of them in the same vial at the same time. And this never was done when you and I were kids. No. And it overwhelms the children's system and may well have debilitating long-term effects for them, which have been and are being uh, looked at. So there are lots of parents that don't want to do the vaccines for children. That discussion has influenced whether or not you do the vaccine for COVID. But it's a single vaccine. 
Sure. And the issue we have with that is that it's been so quickly put forward that we don't know whether the research is good and the side effects and so on and so forth and all of these issues. And I'm not really rushing to the clinic to get my vaccine, but in this neighborhood here of maybe 10 homes down the end of this farm road, Mm -hmm. the elders asked me, are you getting the vaccine? And it was clear to me, and then some of the people younger than I asked, are you getting a vaccine? And it was clear to me that they would feel safer, just like your issue that you told me about with your family, Mm -hmm. if I had the vaccine. So out of solidarity for the concerns of others, to help them feel comfortable, probably to protect myself, but mm-hmm. more than more than that is to protect them really emotionally. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get the, I've already had the first shot of the Pfizer and I'll get the second one in a few weeks. I'm well, preferring to do, over here, you know, I'm of the certain age where they won't give you anything else because I, hmm. of the possibilities of difficulty. Right. Well, but I do think that it's it's the issue has come down to how you think about your place in the world, mm-hmm. in the society that you live in, mm-hmm. and whether or not what you want for yourself has to be overridden by what the social condition. Yeah. Is asking you to do. Yeah. In other words, it's a bit of a sacrifice that we do yeah. for the good of the whole. Well, I, I will tell you that on that specific note, uh, and of course we have the founding documents of this country that uh, speak to, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it starts out, we the people uh, of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, uh, promote the general welfare, key phrase, and mm-hmm. ensure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, also a key phrase. Yeah. Uh, I ask those people who are on the other side, maybe they are, we'll, we'll, we'll refer to them as the anti-vaxxers, for, for, for lack of a, a better, kinder phrase, um, who are more interested in their individual constitutionally protected rights. And again, I'm not saying we take those away. How do you balance those two uh, almost seemingly diametrically opposed concepts? And I came up with uh, a very good answer. I'm not one of those anti... I'm a pro-immune system person, okay? Pro-immune system, not anti-vax. And my position is this. As an individual who has the constitutional rights to do and say and be whatever I want, I am going to exercise my constitutional rights and I'm going to help to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to our posterity. Uh, and and that, is, that, to me, is not a sacrifice. It's exercising my individual right to help the community. It's along the same lines as what they say. They call it pay it forward. And mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. 
It's a positive perspective, not a negative. And I would hope that others would start to understand that particular concept. I'm not, and I'm not saying anything to anybody about what they should or shouldn't do. I'm asking people to consider the possibility. I'm asking them to consider, just think about it. Just think about it. Uh, you have you know, the thing with the states and the Constitution mm -hmm. is that it talks in incredible detail about the rights. Mm -hmm. It never talks about responsibility. No, you're right. And so, therefore, the individual gets um, first is more important than the social welfare of others yeah the community because the rights of the individual are upheld in that constitution even though it seeks to create a profit union so forth mm -hmm. yeah but it yeah. never talks about civic responsibilities or um consideration of um others and so people stand on these rights they mm -hmm. scream out these rights mm -hmm. they bear guns because they have the rights they have them and the right to vote is you know question and all of these rights you know if the right to vote was said it's a responsibility to vote might be different that might be different might be different if yeah. it was about you know if you have a gun you have a responsibility to have it locked up to know where it is to have it licensed so that others who are not yet ready for that cannot harm others or themselves like mm. your children yeah now i, I will share it's what you mentioned but if we go back to the vaccine mm -hmm. it seems to have taken a different argument on some people's minds because there's some moves into the um, conspiracy theory oh world. yes yeah whereby both the virus itself and then the follow-up vaccine is some kind of global manipulation process. And tracking. And, and, to and that, tracking. And, and to, that's the other thing. Yeah. The biggest fear is that by taking the vaccine, somehow you will be trackable. Yeah, well, I would ask those people who are concerned about that particular conspiracy theory, do you have a cell phone? And if you have a cell phone, when you got your first one, they've been tracking you since you got your cell phone. So what are you worried about? Yeah, but you know, there's a difference. You know, if you really follow this through, there's a difference between having something in your hand that you could, you know, chuck out the window and, you know, you're being watched on that level and then having something actually enter your physical body. That's true. True. Yeah. That's a very different form yeah. of manipulation if you believe in that theory it's kind of a little bit of a dark side for me yeah. i find it hard to go there but i can understand the logic yeah and yeah. i think the thing is that we're really looking at is fear fear is a big motivator isn't it the fear is that you can break a society by putting it into fear mm-hmm we yeah. see it happen all over the world. Yeah. Well, let me let me uh, climb out out of that rabbit hole <laughs> for just yeah, a moment. <laughs> let's go somewhere else. There's a nice one over here. What's it called? 
Uh, well, here, here's here's where I wanted to go. You mentioned this uh, just a few moments ago about a situation with my family. Now, uh, as of our conversation, my family is holding a get-together uh, in Phoenix, and uh, they invited the whole family, of course, to, to be there to celebrate the Christmases and the Easters and the Thanksgivings and the birthdays and all of that stuff. And I had made arrangements to uh, be there. Uh, and... Um, before a few days passed, I, uh, it turns out I can't even go because, number one, um, the original arrangements I made fell through. Number two, uh, even if I flew commercially, I would be there for less than an hour for the event, and then I'd have to turn around and come home, which would be ridiculous. So I thought, that's a waste. And so then I looked at my schedule, and I have some projects that I'm working on that take place on that particular weekend. So I wasn't going to be able to go anyway. So just uh, yesterday, as of our conversation here, uh, Sky, I got a call from my father, and he yeah. started out the conversation by saying, you know, I understand you're planning on coming out here for our get-together. And I said, yeah, let me stop you right there. And then I explained to him, I says, first of all, I, I can't make it because my transportation uh, situation has kind of fallen through. Plus, my schedule is such that I've got things I have to be here for, so I won't be able to make it. I knew why he was calling. Because right. I, at this particular point in time, have not been vaccinated. I plan to get the J&J &J, J &J vaccine because I only want one shot. I'm one of those guys that does not like needles, period. And I've seen how long they are and how far in they go. So <laughs> I want to just get it over with in a, in a if I may use the, the pun, I want to get it over with in a shot. And um, so I knew that that was the reason they were calling because the family's concerned because I haven't been vaccinated and they all probably have been, which I'm thinking, well, why would you be concerned if you've all been vaccinated? Da, 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 da. But I understand. And for a brief moment, I felt like I didn't belong to the family that I wasn't a part of the group. And this is something I want to talk about. We can talk about it in the context of the vaccine, but we can also talk about it in a general sense as well. Uh, uh, when yeah. you have groups who are, are formed, you want to become a part of that group. However, you have to do something, be something, say something, have something that makes you a part of that group. And in this case, with my family, Though I know they're not disowning me. They're not saying you can never come here. They're just concerned that, hey, if you haven't been vaccinated, you know, we, 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 we do have a concern because we as a family, this goes back to our previous conversation there, uh, as a family, they want to make sure that everybody stays healthy. And so do I. I was going to visit my it's folks last summer. It's the same thing, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's fear. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to visit um, my folks uh, last summer, uh, but I called them first and they said no. Because back then we didn't have the vaccine last summer. Uh, but I, uh, I and I understood that. And I didn't want to be the one responsible for their demise if I'm a carrier or if I had it, what have you. I just didn't want to do that. So I was happy to oblige and not go. But this is something that I think is going to, unfortunately, it's going to sort of take wings uh, here in the coming weeks and months as it already right. has. In many countries, and you kind of referred to this as well. So let's talk about this aspect. And I guess, I guess we we have to start with that four-letter word, that F word, fear. Right. So how do we counter fear? Yes. How do we? Compassion. Mm -hmm. 
is the only thing that will diffuse it. Fear sits in the heart, just like compassion sits in the heart. Mm. Courage sits in the heart. So if you have the courage to notice, not your personal sense of rejection, but the other person's fear that is causing them to push you back, and then you bring that fear into your heart and turn it around and send out some compassion. Oh, I understand. It's not about me. It's about your fear of getting sick from this nasty virus, which does terrible things to people, especially if you're not very strong in your immune system. Mm -hmm. And if we are, like you and I both, trust our immune system, feed our immune system, you know, learn about it and keep it strong, then my sense is we'll probably manage to handle the vaccine mm. so that other people who are afraid don't have to be afraid yeah. with us. It is a conversation people need to have. I, I doubt very seriously that I will have, ever have this conversation with them because, as you've just stated, I do understand and I have the compassion for them and their concerns. And I am not going to get my vaccination specifically because I want to be on the inside of the family again, although certainly that is a wonderful benefit thereof. Uh, but I think that I think that it can be it can be a symbol to other people of yeah, solidarity of solidarity it's the same thing as wearing a mask uh, I, I will wear the mask as long as uh, I'm asked to do so because I'm exercising my individual rights to help the community to survive I don't know yeah. what the death toll in Ireland or in Great Britain has been I know that we have lost almost 600,000 human beings now there will be those who will argue that we've lost more people in the United States to other issues over this past period of the COVID era, as I have called it, than from the COVID-19 uh, 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 virus. But I, my perspective is we didn't have to lose over half a million people. We didn't have to. If we had just done the things, and I, I, I personally believe this, if we had just done the things that we were asked to do for three or four months, right. we, it would have been over by summer. Yeah. yeah, then that whole issue there is, yeah. goes back to the individual rights. Yeah. Now, I have and no sign. Yeah, I have no sign. don't like to be told what to do. True. That's true. I have no scientific evidence to prove that uh, my theory is even close to correct as far as uh, we be, would have been over by the summer of 2020. Uh, but, you know, it stands to reason that, gee, if we had just done that, it's like I've, I've advocated for over 40 years, Sky, that um, when the influenza hits the United States, we should shut down the airline, stop people from moving about for two weeks, right. two weeks, period. And then it stops moving. We get over it and then we can open things back up on the airline end and we're back to normal, as it were. And they say, oh, my God, you know how devastating that would be on the economy? To which I respond here in 2021, as compared to what we've already been through, that's a drop mm -hmm. in the bucket. That is a drop right. in the bucket. 
and we could plan for but it. But you know, if we're going to look at the pandemic um, trajectory, mm-hmm. it seems like the U.S. is doing very well. It's lifting restrictions. It's got a huge vaccine drive out, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, many countries have been able to do similar. And um, many densely populated countries are in a tailspin. India. Globally, India, Brazil, Nepal. We don't really know about China, probably. We don't really know about Russia. But some of these, Africa is having a terrible time. There is a huge, um, you know, problems with um, famine coming up this summer. Mm. We're having an enormous overseas, from the American point of view, overseas crisis that the pandemic is in front of. It's the first thing we notice is because it is so global and it's not over yet and it won't be over for another year at least because, of, like you said, if we don't stop the flying, we don't contain the traveling, then the new variants come and so on and so forth. Now, America is wealthy and may be able to keep itself tight and safe. You know, other Western countries are. But, you know, there's a, the, the globe itself is not going to be done with this this year. All the, 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 the trajectories point to hopefully next autumn. Mm-hmm. So we're only halfway through. Yeah, yeah. And then, and you, but, you know, we talked about rights versus responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Certainly, well, the why United don't we States. Have both together instead of versus. Right. Rights exactly. with responsibilities. Exactly. Uh, United States has the right, certainly, to do what it's doing. But what about its responsibility to the rest of the world? It seems to be upholding that. And that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, the UK, everybody is. I mean, it's natural to vaccinate your own population first, and then send stuff you've got to other people. It's natural, you know. That's that's ordinary, you know. But isn't that also the first? Isn't that also the it's first? It's a political thing, right? But isn't that also the first rule of survival? Take care of number one, because if you don't take care of you, you can't help anybody else. It's like on the airlines with that, uh, you know, the oxygen you mask. Put, put your mask yours on, on first, first, and then you help the children. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. So However, there is some some some. There is a huge imbalance. We know this, yeah. and there is well, a lot of different. Um, responses culturally to the pandemic. There are huge differences in health care in various countries, non-existent in many parts of the world. So, but you know, you and I live in privileged countries and we're um, keenly aware of that. Mm. And so in a sense for me, we have even more responsibility yeah. to be even and steady and to behave in solidarity with those people who not only just live down the road from us or in our country, but everybody. Everybody. It's, you know, the one thing about this is we've seen how tight this globe is populated. Mm-hmm. There are not too many places where there aren't a bunch of people. Yeah. Can I ask you? To address uh, another area here, <clears throat> and, and what we're conversing about, of course, is the pandemic, but it 
it applies to all other areas uh, of, of our lives and, and the separation as well as the connectedness. And I want to ask you uh, a couple of uh, sort of the same question, but on several different levels. In terms of your perception, your intuition, your empathic abilities, if you will, um, towards where you think Mother Earth is, where you think the global, shall we say, psyche or spiritual uh, bent is, and, and this has nothing to do with philosophies here, okay? This just has to do with the 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 spirit the human the spiritual being having a human experience concept and uh and and what is what do you think or what do you feel is happening on those levels in regards to what has been referred to and and lots of different words have been used uh referred to this uh, uh as to this this reboot or this reset or this, uh, shall we say, starting over kind of situation that we, again, as you say, are only halfway through, but it is it. it that's how it's been termed. So, give me give me your perspectives on uh, what this has done and where you think we might be going. If we're lucky, we will be able to hook together. The concept, or not the concept, the experience of this pandemic with what we could call the visceral experience of our planet and the global climate crisis. It's not, uh, they're not separate. All viruses come from areas of the land that have been disturbed, usually through um, mass forestation, deforestation, mining. In this case, the pandemic is thought to come from a mine, uh, particularly where there were many bats that carry viruses. But it was the, the work of the people mining that brought that virus up to the surface and unleashed it. Mm-hmm. There are other viruses, like the Ebola virus came out of deforest land, I think, in Africa. These viruses exist all over the world, naturally. They're usually contained within their kind of eco-zone. They don't need to go anywhere. They're contained. But we have become so greedy. We have made machines so big and strong that we mine, mining is the single most damaging thing we do on this planet. The more technology we desire, the more mining is going to take place because it requires rare elements to create these wonderful gizmos that we pop in our pocket and rely on all the time. We had this situation recently in Australia where some ancient Aboriginal caves were blown up by the Rio Tinto mining company who knew about them but suddenly decided they needed what was underneath there to come and get it. This desecration spreads illness, whether it's moral, 
physical or spiritual. Everything on this planet is sacred until it's desecrated. Mm -hmm. And we are spending a huge amount of our resources, our money, our R&R, our, our, our gambling on the future in desecrating the sacred. This is not a tenable platform for longevity. So we've had to pull back in this period of time from travel, as you wisely posited years ago, from driving too much, from needing too much, from shopping too much, from all of the stuff that we find now that maybe we didn't actually need, we just really like, we want, makes us feel good. We've understood what's essential because only those places have been able to stay open. Healthcare, education, food, basics. And a whole new wave of response to this is coming out of the younger generation. And I think now we, our job in a way, as the elders, is to try to by example, and if we have any clout in the world, business world, economy world, political world, to try to pull people back from this thinking that we have the right to everything that is on this planet because it's God-given for us to use, which is a distortion of that particular spiritual truth. Mm -hmm. We can help people to come back, help them learn or help them turn away from wanting too much, needing too much, basically by asking the question, how does this get to you? Just like the fashion industry. How does this cotton, this beautiful fabric that's on these walkways actually get to you? Now we know it's because of these slave workshops somewhere else. People are, are looking at the, the source of the extra stuff mm -hmm. and concerned about the consequences and their moral obligation to stop buying that shit. This is a big shift. This is great. The bigger shift about how the culture moves into a whole new paradigm I don't think it's our generation's work. I think it's the 20 to 30-year-olds. They're going to show us. I feel like it's like we're in the middle of the 60s again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, a, there's something coming that you and I have no concept of. And these kids that grew up with these computers that have these different kinds of minds that know how to generate different types of experience, they're going to wow us with stuff that we had no concept of. But our work, is to try to put the sacred back into the conversation and show people one by one, if necessary, how, you know, shopping for fast food, processed food, buying food that has been, you know, from animals that have not been cared for properly, you know, buying mass produced anything 
is just not tenable anymore. We have to understand where it comes from and how it got there and what the chain supply is from beginning to end and where the end. And just like way back, I don't know if you remember the um, the boycott of the tuna company. I think it was Bumblebee or somebody. That we wanted to stop the dolphin catch. Mm-hmm. Right? We changed fishing with that boycott. Not all of it, not forever, but we had an impact. And from there, this whole thing about what you can fish, how you can fish, the care of the rest of the sea creatures really had an impact. So we have the power. We have just like the right and the responsibility. We have the power to decide where our well, hard-earned money actually goes. And we have the responsibility to know what we're actually paying for and the, the 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 responsibility to decide whether or not you are going to bankroll cattle farms chicken farms bad treatment of animals chemical fertilized food are you going to bankroll that and depress your immune system mm-hmm and depress your thinking and compromise your morals? Or are you going to step up and so, at least in this part of my life, I'm going to try to be more responsible, more ethical. You know, you, I think there's two things going there. Sure. So for us to, to be a kind of... Um, To question the ethics, to help people understand that chain of events. You know, that every single windmill needs rare earth. Rare earth is rare. There's not much of it. The mining companies are seeking it wherever they can, trying to buy up ancient lands, sacred lands, all over the place, not just... Australia and America. Rio Tinto has devastated the west of Canada and other mining companies. They're not the only ones, but this is this this is a problem. This is a problem. Now they want to mine the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I mean, excuse me, hello? That is just hubris. And Mars is not so, far behind. You know, it's just it's just um we have to question what are we uh, putting, what are we financing and why? Well, Sky, Sky Taylor is my guest here on the program. Tell me your story. And you're, uh, Sky, you're, you're making me want to grow my hair back and get my ponytail back. I had one. Why did you do that? Why uh, don't you do it? Well, in, in tw- 20 years ago, when my, uh, my present wife and I, uh, she was going through uh, cancer treatment and uh, she was going to do chemo. And I said, well, I know that with chemo, you end up losing your hair. So what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to shave my head along with you in solidarity for uh, what you're going to be going through. And so the day that we were so the day we were to do this, she says, I got a call from my oncologist and he said uh, that I was going to be given a a much uh, uh, tamer form of chemo. So I was only going to lose some hair. I was I was only it was only a thin. It wasn't going to all fall out. And I was primed to do it, so I went ahead and I did it anyway. 
in, in solidarity for what she would be going through over the next five or six months. And I've just kept it. I've, and I like it. It, it works well. Uh, but you make me want to 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 let it grow out and get the ponytail back and uh, I, I, you know sort of uh, it was in my it was in my late thirties early forties and actually I was uh, forty one when I did this so in my thirties I had a ponytail so my thirties uh, I was experiencing uh, the look anyway of the sixties <laughs> since I was right only you little... see I think this is it We're, I think we really are. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, oh, you know, they're trying to throw a war over here. They're thinking about another war over there. Yeah. We've got this, you know, we have this wonderful explosion of new arts coming. Mm-hmm. Astrologically speaking, it's the arts are the solution, frankly. Yeah. And um, we have these wonderful young people coming through. The younger ones, the ones that are still in high school, are having a hard time with this COVID. And we need to really put some resources into taking care of them so that they can come into their 20s feeling not kind of um, less than or behind the curve because they didn't get school for this much time and so forth. Right. So, um, but uh, I do think that there's something about the 60s seems to be coming up. I'm kind of hopeful in that respect that some marvelous new um, view of the world will be coming forward. Well, they do say that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, as it were, <laughs> you know, uh, and that well, there are cycles. And, too, right? <laughs> and, and that there are cycles and things repeat, sure. And, right. uh, and that's fine on one level, uh, but at the same time, there is that old adage that has been heard time and time and time again. Those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And that seems to be the case here where, all right, you want to you wanna play this game, then we're going to repeat the, 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 the period of the 60s and say, nah, this is not the way we want to go. And now with technology, this movement, instead of just being, because I don't know what was happening around the world in the 60s, if it was the same kind of thing. But uh, I do know that uh, now it will be. A global movement. Uh, all you have to do is take a look at, for example, uh, the in this country, the death of George Floyd. And that took on a global, a global um, expression of dislike, you know, and so forth. I mean, it, it really ramped things way up in that regard. But we're talking with Sky Taylor and we have talked about we've talked about the bees uh, and of course, you've made reference, of course, to Mother Earth and all of the things that are that are going on in that regard. And uh, it's it's to me kind of interesting how, again, uh, some people are learning, uh, but it seems as though these mentalities that are out there that are just um, <sighs> exploiting is the best word. All of the aspects, the resources of the planet, including human resources. Uh, right. some people are learning, some people are getting the message, uh, but the, 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 the mentality, the philosophy is still out there, uh, of exploiting whatever you can for whatever you want. And, uh, um, well, there's always going to be yeah. greed. Yeah. And there's always going to be this sense of, um, the people, you know, the people at the heads of these companies, the, the people at the head of these um, 
operations, they don't really consider that there'll be any consequences for them about what they do. They're just running a company, making it work, making it profitable, taking care of the shareholders and doing a damn good job. That's their view, at least some of their view. And it's not within their mindset or training to consider um, anything greater than that, especially anything that would skewer the existence of the company or its, its reason for being or its profitability or its way of working. You know, So you can't ask too much of everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody then gets set against each other if we do that. And yeah. when you bring up George Floyd and the whole racist issue, again, what we're really looking at is fear. Yes. People that are, uh, if we can inject fear between people of different races, if people don't have enough in Europe, if people's countries are not doing well and they're flooded by immigrants who paddle and swim across the Mediterranean, which is not a very easy sea to navigate, and thousands and thousands of them end up in refugee camps and the Syrian situations kicked this off, you know, what, three, four years ago now. Millions of people are, are displaced. Who's going to feed them? Who's going to provide them with medical care? Shoes, socks. Apparently what they most need is socks. You know, they get T-shirts and shoes, but no socks. They have food, no water. It's just, it's a distressing situation, probably, and it's really hard anybody to take on the whole picture but if you set against each other the say the the people that think of themselves as the national people of this territory and here is this other group that needs help but it's overwhelming then the fear sets in you're going to take my land you're going to take my place in society my children aren't going to have a job because there are too many of you and then, you know, the nationalistic and eventually the fascist side starts to come up as a protective wall for the people who are fearful, mm-hmm. right? So, again, if we don't come up with some, I think, UN response to the migrant situation, both at the American borders and in the European borders and in the East, Eastern countries' borders, if we don't come up with a combined UN response to this, we are going to have more and more problems over the years and more and more um, fear. And fear feeds hate. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It so this is why I think we're on the verge of a, an artistic that just like the 60s, we'll try to pacify this hate and this fear. And this is where I would put my money, is on this ability of people artistically, 
spiritually, we're more in the background. The artists are right up there, up front, doing some wonderful things. This young woman at the inauguration with her poem, for example, this kind of thing. This is how we could bridge some of this and bring our hearts to the table instead of just our pockets and our mind, our mental shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we really can. I've I have it. a poem here that I wanted to read. I, I, I'm going to let you do that. I just want to remind Good. our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story. We're talking with Sky Taylor. I'm and, going to uh, just put up my shop here so I can see the poem. Uh, you go ahead and do that while uh, I also let our listeners know that we are uh, here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We're also on a special edition on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time, also streaming at that time. And we have podcasts as well on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations that you folks are uh, reposting our programs to. We are now on YouTube, so you will be able to watch these programs, and I hope you will do so. And subscribe, as of this pro- conversation with Sky Taylor, we have 24 subscribers on, uh, on YouTube, which is kind of exciting. Uh, we have over 33,000 listens on SoundCloud and the uh, other outlets that we podcast to. Uh, and that's over, that's since January 1 of 2018. Uh, again, yeah. I say this every time. I don't know what that number really means. I'm just glad that people are listening to the programs. And uh, it's an interesting phrase that I, I turned not long ago. Uh, it's not an original phrase. Don't get me wrong. But once you have listened to this program or any of the programs that are posted on the podcasts or videocasts, you can't unlisten. You have heard it. It's that that old saying after someone shows you a picture of something that's kind of bizarre, maybe or a little horrific. It's like that's something I I can never unsee that. That, You know, that'll always be in the on the hard drive. Well, in this case, uh, you won't be able to ignore what we've been sharing here on the program. You may disagree and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I would also ask you to consider the possibilities that are out there as we have each of these guests on. Sky Taylor, you said that you have a poem for us. What's the uh, what's the to read this? Yes. Because we have this, I wrote this in response to one of these crises that came up, you mm-hmm. know, over the COVID and everything else. I send it out to my little tribe, as I call my friends. And I think it's important as we discuss these situations and bemoan and groan and wail a little bit about, you know, the, the world situation, that we also remember what is going on every minute of the day, everywhere somewhere near you and all over this world. At this moment, all over this earth, thousands of people are praying for the welfare of others. At this moment, all over this earth, thousands of people are making offerings to the spirits of land, air and sea. At this moment, all over this earth, thousands of people are tending to the needs of others. At this moment, thousands of people are weaving beautiful crafts. At this moment, thousands of lamps and candles are being lit. 
At this moment, thousands of incense sticks are burning. At this moment, thousands of voices are chanting. At this moment, thousands of babies are sleeping in their mother's arms. At this moment, all over this earth, thousands of people are playing and writing music. At this moment, thousands of birds are singing. At this moment, thousands of people are laying flowers in a graveyard. At this moment, someone is saying, I will. At this moment, peacocks are strolling, elephants are trumpeting, swans are singing, bear cubs are playing, fish are leaping, worms are worming, and herbs are healing. At this moment, all over this world, stars are shining, moon is musing, sun is blazing, cloud nations are drifting on the winds. This dance pervades our lives with blessings falling as dew every morning, drying our tears every night. At this moment, this very moment, wherever we are, we remember. We remember. Yes, we remember. We are already home. Hmm. We are indeed. We are already home. And we need to begin the process as individuals, as I believe it was. Uh, was it not Gandhi who said, be the change you want to see? And so we need to begin that process of wherever we live, honoring the earth, the space that we happen to occupy. If it's 10 square feet or 100 or 1,000, doesn't matter. Uh, my wife and I try to do that. Um, we have a beautiful place up on the mountain above Santa Barbara where we have sort of cordoned it off for a, an area safe for our dog to run around in. We have a greenhouse. We've got uh, bird bird uh, houses and bird feeders. Um, we've got uh, several fruit trees in the area that if we don't harvest the fruit for ourselves, we give it to our chickens, our girls. Uh, and we do what we can to keep the weeds down in the spring and summer so that uh, if, if a wildfire should roar through, at least it doesn't have ladder fuels to work up to the trees and then just continue on you know, doing our part in that regard. Uh, we're, we're doing our best when we go to the grocery store not to buy things that have a lot of packaging, uh, but we also try to use the recycling, although I've heard that, that uh, I've heard different, different stories on both sides of that whole issue, but we still do that. Uh, you know, and right now, I, I would like to think that the vehicle we're driving is fairly clean burning when it comes to gasoline. Uh, although it would be nice if we could switch over to maybe an electric vehicle. But then again, you've got the same argument there over, well, just because it's electric, you got to plug it in. That power's got to be generated from somewhere to charge your batteries. Well, that's sure. true, and but it's how already... Many, but, how many computers do you want to sit on? Well, that's true. And and uh, also, uh, um, you know, uh, the power's already being generated. Okay, so for me to tap into it is not really, uh, not that big of a deal. But be that the as it may. The question, though, is how is the power generated? I'm sorry? 
How is the power generated? That's the question. That is the question. How is it generated? This is what we mean by thinking things through like that, just yeah. like you're doing with your actions. Well, but it's the same everywhere. Yeah. You know, you know. There's um, there's a very sweet, sweet. There's a very um, poignant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most of us think that when a person dies, their dying words are usually worth listening to. Mm-hmm. When Lord Buddha died, the last thing he said was, the very last thing he said was, tread the path with care. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll quote another individual whose, uh, whose words were, were quoted, uh, the, his dying words. Uh, he's a, 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 an, a, an entertainer. Uh, his name was David Cassidy, and his la- he played uh, Keith Partridge in the the television series of the late '60s, early '70s called The Partridge Family, uh, here in the states. And uh, his last words, which I think are more important than his status in life, s- four very poignant words. And this deals with a resource we don't think about, uh, Sky. And his last dying words were, "So much." wasted time right and i i thought about that and thinking wow here's this guy who's dying and he's concerned about or thinking about how much time he he and we uh waste in our lives so if you put those two together yeah so much wasted time tread the path with care yeah. That's a great guideline. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, and I know that other people who have passed, I'm sure their dying words have been uh, quoted too. I don't know that anybody has ever said, damn, I wish I'd made more money. I don't know that anybody's ever said that at the end of their lives. Or who I wish. Who is that guy who invented the Apple? Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, his dying was something like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think the point that we're saying is don't waste time. Don't waste time. Take good care. Yeah. And on the path with everyone you meet, yeah. be kind. Consider that they might be afraid of you. Yeah. But and make be, yourself safe for them. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. That's what I used to put on my emails. Be kind. Yeah. Be kind to others. Let others be kind to you. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Be safe for others. Yeah. And they'll be safe for you. Exactly. Great stuff to, to ponder. There's no question about it. Um when you look around, you live in a rural part of Ireland, correct? And yes. you're how close would you say your nearest neighbor is? Oh, well, I live in the annex of the farmhouse, so we're on the other side of this wall. Oh, okay. And over there is the old farmhouse, and down there is a few cottages on the uh, you know, quarter of a mile down the road is a few cottages, and then about an eighth of a mile down the road is the next door farmer. So within this sort of circle here, 
I think there are eight small households, mostly mm. couple or individuals. There might be. So aside from those on the other side of that wall, uh, they're within shouting distance, obviously. Well, yeah, but we would never hear each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you better send up a flare to say hello. But it's it's. There like, are times when I don't see anybody for a week or two. How do you feel about that? I'm perfectly comfortable with it. <laughs> Do you spend a lot of time in meditation or is your solitude, if you will, your meditation? Both. Mm. I like my solitude because it allows my meditation to be easier. I'm not a great meditator, so disturbances and sounds and things, I, I don't, can pull me out of it. You know, a really good meditator who can handle cities and things like that. But I like it quiet. Mm. And then when it's quiet, you know, I, 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 I study, I read, I work in my garden, I walk my dog. Um, if people think I can help them, I try to help them. But during this pandemic, I, mean, I haven't really gone anywhere. It's about two miles walk over the pastures into the nearest village. Mm. And uh, I know a lot of people since, you know, before the pandemic. I mean, I know most of the people that live around here. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we're walking people, so you meet on the road. Right. You stand around and have a little chat. Yeah. You go on your way. So and that kind of thing. And as is, is, if I'm not mistaken, the phrase is, and, and share the crack. Yeah. I remember when I first heard that, I'm going, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, you do that when you go into the pubs as well. And, and that's a wonderful experience that, that I know will be coming back. If we will just be patient, it will be coming back. I promise you. But, but differently. It will be different. Sure. We have to find out how... It's mostly, you know, the younger generation and their get-togethers. We want to know how are they going to um, reinvent them? What are they going to do? What would they like? Yeah. And uh, how are we going to be sensible about these things rather than just go back to the same old, same old yeah. mistakes? Yeah. You know, I've spent years of my life making similar mistakes over and over again. And just like your quote from... Um, what was his name? You're talking about Gandhi, about being the change? No, you're a musician. Um, so much wasted time. Oh, David Cassidy, yes. Right. I mean, I have wasted so many years of my life. If you look at it from a certain point of view. Right. Making right. the same mistakes again and again. If you look at it from another point of view, I had to keep walking down that road and dropping into the same pothole so that I really understood what I needed to change mm -hmm. globally, socially, individually, nationally, we're all probably going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it'll take a lot for us to change. But the urgency of our situation behind COVID is the climate. Yeah. And if we don't, really address that 
Yeah. We, you know. Nothing else will matter. We're going to be forced to make changes about how we grow our food, you know, where we live, what kind of energetic resources are available for us because we're spending all this money fighting fires and droughts and whatever. (coughs) You know, it's (coughs) something I don't think we still haven't got close to. Lots of countries are doing very well. There are mm-hmm. lots of promises going on. The UK is almost off coal, which is unheard of. You know, there is a lot of progress being made. Yeah. The problem is that most of the dates for, you know, oh, we're going to go to zero emission are pushed back to like 2050. Yeah. And we need them to come up closer. We need it to be in the next five to 10 years, yeah. not in the next 20 to 30 years, you know, because this exponential loop is getting just faster and faster yeah you know it's taken a year uh that we've been through 2020 specifically but obviously into 2021 uh for people to learn how to reinvent themselves for companies to reinvent themselves but they're doing it and they've done it so it basically this period has shown us that we can in short order we can retool. We can reinvent. The right. question is, are we willing to do it for another another cause, another challenge that humanity faces? You know, I mean, if we don't learn that lesson from this pandemic, then we have learned nothing. Absolutely I'll tell you, nothing. Richard, I think there's a lot of willingness, a lot of brilliance. Mm-hmm. I think that if what we might call the, the underneath, the, you know, what is bubbling up from underneath are the, the solutions, the reinvented companies, the echo companies, the green part, all of this stuff, if this was allowed to really flourish, mm-hmm. we really wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. The problem we've got is the old God status quo. Yes. Putting its foot down on that. Mm-hmm. And well, so that's very difficult to move. Yeah. So you're always bumping up under this sort of concrete block when you're trying to grow. You know, there's a beautiful company out here that ships in coffee and soy and everything else by sale. Now they've got this business shipped by sale. That It's the same price. But everything's by the wind, by the sail. It's from from South America to Europe, not yeah. local. We can do all of this. Yeah. And we have a willingness to do all of this. There's a lot of work and jobs involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I see is is the fear of the, the bigger corporations that kind of globally manage resources suppressing suppressing and not yielding to this that's what i'm more concerned about so if we as the individual person stop track and stop buying into that particular aspect of the marketplace then we give more fertile ground for this new to come forward which is here already it's brilliant it's it's lovely yeah it needs room to breathe you know, you, you made a comment earlier uh, about the arts, and someone may said this in a previous interview, that, uh, uh, that the same thing is happening 
uh, in the United States, they were focused more on the U.S., but I think this is globally, uh, that um, we are going through uh, an equivalency of the Middle Ages. Well, yeah, if you look right. at history, if you look at history, what followed the Middle Ages, and you made reference to this, the Renaissance. That's right. And they say we are headed for a new a renaissance. renaissance. I totally agree. And that's pretty cool. But again, you've got to get through the Middle Ages to get to the Renaissance. Well, that, <laughs> that is true. You know, you can't go and around it. And that's the problem at the moment. Yeah, you, we're you, trying to sort of like... Yeah, yeah. You, so you, we're dealing with sort of medieval attitudes. Yeah. It, when we want to become Renaissance, this is the same for fashion. This is the same for thinking. Yeah. This is the same for philosophy. This is the same for personal expressions of beauty. All of this is very, I was realizing the other day, I agree with you, that we're in pretty medieval right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is fascinating. I, I love our conversations. Uh, we, yeah, we, I love talking with you. It's I have to say that, that we've covered a lot of different subjects, but it's all been around and, you know, I think rightly so in this case, it's all been around the pandemic or what has been declared the pandemic. And I don't have a problem with that because there is an upside. There is a positive to this. We, though, though we have to look for it. It's, it's one of the things I learned, especially when I was working at the Christian radio station. Someone made this comment to me uh, in a conversation I was having. They said, you know, I find it interesting the programs you run, uh, you know, you uh uh, you know, they, 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 they always talk about the devil this, the devil that, and so forth. And they said, if you're looking under every single rock for the devil, you'll find him. But if you're looking for God under every rock, you'll find God. So whatever That's it right. is that you're looking for, you know, depending upon your perspective, depending upon your attitude and your philosophy, if your glass is half empty, that's what you're going to find. If your glass is half full, then that's what you will find. And it's not ignoring the totality of the light and the dark side. It is not ignoring that. It is just saying, what is your awareness and your attention upon? What feeds you? What feeds you? Uh, that old Indian uh, saying about uh, the black and the white wolf, you know, and the kid asks the elder, so who's, who survives, who lives? This so depends upon which one you feed. That's right. So uh, choose which one you want to feed, and uh, and and we'll we'll see where we go. I, I choose to feed the. Uh, uh, I'll put it in the context more of the, the half full wolf, if you will, <laughs> rather than the good or the bad or the black or the white. But I thank you so much once again for sharing your time with us. You are headed into. Um, you mentioned this. Uh, you're heading in, in, into a period. Uh, could I say of retreat? Well, I'm just going to go quiet for a while. I think it's about time I got quiet for a bit. Okay. You know, I need to, um, yeah, I want to deepen my practice. I want to, um, to, to make sure I'm not just talking gibberish, stuff like this. You um, know, and I want to really consider, you know, how I can contribute well, to this situation myself. I'm going to read you this last little bit that mm -hmm. somebody I've just met um, sent me a quote from Black Elk. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, you have set the powers of the four quarters of the earth to cross each other. You have made 
we cross the good road and the road of difficulties. And where they cross, the place is holy. Mm. Life is dualistic here. We have good, we have difficulties, we have joy, we have sorrow. It's our work to tread this path with care, not to waste so much time, to consider the outcomes of our actions and to understand that what we find is our own projection. Like you said, if you look for the devil, you'll find the devil. If you look for the fear with compassion, you'll find the love behind the fear. When you return from your, and I'll just refer to it as the time of retreat uh, and contemplation, please touch base with us and we'll, we'll have you back to talk about some of the things that you have discovered uh, both about yourself as well as uh, maybe about the world and about spirit and about guides that we've talked about before, maybe about the bees, something that you didn't know before that now you've uh, you found out. And uh, we will uh, we'll look forward to having you back again, hopefully soon, but it'll be in, in divine right timing, as they say. And I again, I thank you for sharing with us. Uh, I would have to say you've been very articulate. Uh, you haven't been rambling, so <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. I'm not crazy. Yet. No, you're not a crazy woman. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, and um, and I think your neighbors are uh, blessed to have you uh, in their in their circle there. It goes both ways. Absolutely. Sky Taylor has been my guest, and we thank you again for joining us here on the program and for sharing uh, your ideas and thoughts and uh, uh, feelings as well, and uh, we look forward to having you back again. I, uh, I have asked you this uh, on uh, multiple occasions, of course, because you've been on multiple times, and we're very happy about that. But I always like to ask anyway, because sometimes the answers change. Those three questions. Uh, that I like to ask my guests. But before I do, I want to remind our listeners that this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live as well at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for the special edition of Tell Me Your Story and streaming live at richarddugan.com with the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations you folks are reposting too. If you'd like to support us financially because you like what we're doing here and you'd like to be a part of it energetically through your finances, we'd be grateful for any amount. We'll take energetic support as well. Can't put energetic support uh, that way through PayPal, but you can financially because we have a PayPal account that's there for your security as well as ours. And we also ask you to participate in the decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we want you to spend time, as Sky is going to do, I'm sure, during this time of uh, contemplation and during her retreat period, uh, of going within and listening to that still small voice, voice and finding that calm, peaceful, quiet place where you can just relax and rejuvenate, re-energize, refocus, and come back into the world with a renewed sense, maybe a renewed sense of purpose uh, and direction. And we hope that you will uh, do that along with us as well. Uh, so with that being said, the first of the three questions is, who is Sky Taylor? A working process. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? 
equilibrium personally and the capacity to soothe and support others inner growth. And finally, what is your life's purpose? To relieve suffering and the fear of death. And with that, we thank you again for giving us so much time here on the program in this interview as in the others. And uh, we really do appreciate your input. And uh, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get to Ireland, even though I've just got a photo back behind me, a virtual of the Atlantic Ocean, the North Atlantic off of the coast there. Uh, we're going to we're going to get there and uh, have a have a fabulous time of uh, changing the world in our little community. I love the idea of living in a village. I think that uh, I think that would suit me quite well. Thank you. <laughs> I think you do great. I really do. And I hope you do. But we'll talk before then. And I must say, I really enjoy the flow of our conversations and the way you kind of corral me back when I go off over here and say, well, okay, it's coming now. Let's come back over here and talk about this. Okay, thank you. I'm back. <laughs> so you do a great job with your interviews and your conversations. And I'll be happy to be with you again, maybe in the autumn. Absolutely. And I thank you for those kind words. I also give thanks to the universe uh, for giving me uh, the guidance as we go through these programs. And I thank you for listening and watching. Tell me your story. Yes, watching on YouTube, where you can subscribe. Every time I post an interview, you will be notified that it's up and available for you to watch. And I hope you'll do so. We'll also be linked to Sky Taylor's website. So just look for that on the SoundCloud uh, player. You'll have uh, just to click on her name and boom, it'll take you to her website where you can find out more about her and all of the wonderful work that she is doing. And until our next broadcast podcast video cast love to lull